People see me in all different ways, but when I walk into a boardroom, I take control of that room and I do it like a boss. And I don't consider it being like a businessman, businesswoman. We're all business people. It shouldn't matter if you're a man or a woman. By the way, women are taking over the world. Hey, listeners, it's been a while. We hope you're staying safe, sane, and healthy. Although we may be socially distant in this new reality, we are so grateful that the bold and courageous Girlboss community is still out there, hungry as ever, to reach their dreams and make stuff happen. We've been busy, just like you. But first of all, some exciting news. Our previously once-a-week newsletter has pivoted to a daily roundup written by women for women. Girlboss will be popping into your inbox Monday to Friday with the latest in business trends, interesting news stories, and job opportunities, plus recommendations for everything you need to read, hear, and watch. Sound good? Sign up over at girlboss.com newsletter or find the link in our show notes. Now, on to our episode. Paris Hilton is finally busted as the brilliant businesswoman she really is. Today, we're sharing an exclusive conversation between Sofia Amoruso and the iconic Paris Hilton. This episode was recorded live in front of an audience at the Girl Boss Rally in Los Angeles last year. Paris lets us in on how she deals with internet trolls, why she was a born businesswoman, and drops hints about her new documentary. Enjoy the conversation. Hey, Paris. Hi. How's it going? Good. I'm so excited to be here. This is a great crowd. Look at all those phones. Thank you so much for joining us. Love you too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm no, so honored. I've wanted to talk to you for so long. Um, so I'm excited to be with, here with you today. Um, so you're a New York Times bestselling author, which we were just talking about. And I know you might be writing another book soon, which we don't need to talk about because you have so many other projects that you're working on. Uh, you're an entrepreneur, a DJ, an influencer. You pretty much invented the meme. You're like a human meme, um, which is like the best marketing ever, and we're going to get into that. Um, we know you as an heiress and possibly the first reality star, which is like, what was that? We did, it was in 2003. 2003, The Simple Life was on. Um, but since then, and I want to talk about this, you built a massive global empire as a businesswoman, designer, recording artist and one of the top paid DJs in the world who makes upward of half a million to a million dollars for a four hour gig. So, yeah. Girl boss life. Yeah. Um, and you've been credited with, as being the original influencer and my notes say capital O, capital I, original influencer, like actually like as a title have lived most of your life in the public eye, and we're gonna talk about the lessons you've learned through social media, taking on many industries at once, brand building, and dealing with trolls and critics who are ready to pounce on your every move, which won't happen here today. Loves it. Yeah. Um, so something I ask at the top of every podcast, of Girl Boss Radio podcast, is what was your first job? Um, and I would have guessed it was milking cows, but we were talking in the back room <laughs> earlier. Um, what, what was your first job? When was the first time you got a taste for entrepreneurship? Um, when I was eight years old, my sister and I lived in the Malibu colony during the summers. And we would set up a table and have this whole lemonade stand. 
and I would make these little like cute keychains and glue crystals and neon paint and basically since I was eight I was already just kind of having that business sense and wanting to be a businesswoman and a girl boss. Yeah. Um, it kind of takes me back to, because like, I think a lot of us probably had some kind of a stand selling some kind of crap at some point. And that feeling, how many of you guys remember the feeling of having one of those? I mean, I had one of those like staples you could buy. I don't even know staples Office Depot or where you bought them, but like just a little metal box that like when you put the coins in, it just sounded like you were rich. Like there were quarters. <laughs> like the first time I worked retail and I got to like count quarters and pull like multiple bills out of like a drawer just felt like... I don't know. It's like, it's such a great feeling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so you've been quoted as saying that you've been born a brand, which I think is pretty indisputable. Um, but I'm curious, what does having a strong brand mean to you? Um, well, definitely with being born into the Hilton Hotel last name, it was always something that was a lot to live up to and also a huge inspiration to me just looking up to my great-grandfather, my grandfather, what incredible businessmen they were, and I've always been my mentors and my idols, and I really I think I got that business and work ethic from my family. Um, so I think that's one of the most important things about having a successful brand is hard work, dedication, passion, knowing what you and your, your brand represent, and building that fan base, and whatever you're doing, just putting your all into it. And that's how I am every single day. What would you say that your brand represents? My brand represents fun, beauty, excitement, um, eternal youth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you have 25 product, product lines. 25, 25 fragrances. Fragrances. And 19 product lines. 19 product lines. So within one of those, we have 25 fragrances. So we have one fragrance for every year you've been alive. Exactly. Which is really amazing. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, is, what is the favorite thing that you've made of all of your products? I love everything that I make, but the one thing I'm so proud of is to have 25 fragrances. As a little girl, I dreamed of having one perfume, so I never in my wildest dreams could I mm -hmm. believe I'd be here speaking at the Girl Boss rally, talking about having my 25th fragrance. Which one are you wearing today? I'm wearing Platinum Rush. Mm-hmm. Mm um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so you have a lot of jobs. Uh, I can't even imagine what a normal work week is like for you. What are the variety of things that you maybe found spending your time doing over the course of a week in the life of Paris Hilton? There is never a typical work week. I could be in Dubai, and then three days later, I'm in Shanghai. I'm on a plane over 250 days a year. Um, obviously, running so many different businesses and brands, I have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of appearances, photo shoots, um, as well as design meetings. And then I also love to really take the most out of my time. So when I travel anywhere, I'll have my team call and book me whatever music festival or whatever the best club happening so mm -hmm. I can just make the most out of a trip. Because I'm going to fly 20 hours somewhere, you might as well make 
as much as possible. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Not I going mean, for my health. Just... <laughs> so, of the 250 days a year, let's just, I mean, we could all imagine, like, wow, she gets to travel the world. That's work. Like, that is work. That's not like, yay, I'm, like, sitting by an infinity pool. That's like, I'm, you flew in internationally for this. I flew in just yeah. for this. From Thank Munich. you. Thank you, by the way. Um, and for all of you gr girl bosses out there. Aww. Um, and you're flying out internationally back to Ibiza when? I actually go directly from here to rush to LAX to fly to Ibiza because I have a concert tomorrow and I'm shooting a music video the same day. We should catch a ride with you guys. Yes, <laughs> do it. Um, and you live f four months out of the year in Ibiza and you have, wait, tell me again. You live four. in Ibiza because it's work. Yes. Ibiza's not vacation. During the summer, yeah. I've had a DJ residency there and I tour around Europe for the past yeah. nine years. So I've lived there for four months. Um, but this summer I decided to say no to the residency because it was just way too much to be in Ibiza four months. I'm just... Yeah. kind of over it at this point. I love Ibiza, but yeah. four months is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so we know you as a partier. I don't want to say party animal. It's like such an 80s term, but I love it. I'm just going to call party you... Party queen, I'm gonna I like. call you party queen. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and you've been quoted as saying that going out every night is something that you're completely over. Um, and I think when we see you doing that, it's like, oh, wow, bam, 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 Paris Hilton's, like, having a blast. It's like, Paris Hilton's working. Um, and when I, you know, this relates in that, like, once something becomes your job, it's really hard to enjoy it. <laughs> Not this, your job, but, like, for me, vintage was, like, I went out and I picked vintage and I dug through piles of vintage. And then at the point where I could, like, afford to not wear vintage, I was, like, shit, like, digging through more vintage seems like a lot of work. I'm just going to go buy a piece of clothing on a hanger. Um, do you feel that way about... Um, about going out like is that is is do you ever get to go out and just be like yay or is it like oh this is the this is like my workplace um you know as a teenager moving to New York City and my parents were very strict and then moving there and all of a sudden being invited to every party event club as a teenager it was very exciting back then um, but I actually parlayed it into a huge lucrative business and basically invented getting paid to party. Yeah. Um, in Las Vegas. You did. When I was 20, when I opened the Palms Hotel, that was the first like, celebrity appearance. And from there, everybody started doing them. And then that's when I realized about 10 years ago that it was all about the DJ. Yeah. And that's when I started training to become a DJ. How did you train to become a DJ? I hired the best people in the business and basically trained for six hours a day for six months straight and just learned everything there is to know about it because it's very technical, especially on the system that I work on. So, mm. but I'm I'm a tech geek and I love all that. So it's a lot of yeah. fun to learn everything. And you have an app. Speaking of technology, yes, I do. I just launched my new app called the Glam App. So I'm very excited. It's like the Uber of beauty services. With in an hour, you can have hair, makeup, nail artist come to your house, get you ready. It's just so much more convenient, yeah. um, amazing price points, and just incredibly talented people. So it's exciting to be, I just, I love tech, and I'm investing a lot of projects that I believe in, and cool. this one has already been a huge success, and um, I'm excited for the future of it. Congratulations. And you're filming a documentary right now. 
Yes. Tell me about that. Um, well, we're doing a film basically based on my whole life. Um, everything I've been through and just talking about things that have never really been addressed or discussed. You know, obviously the media loves to invent stories and I've just read so many things about me that they don't really know the true story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a very powerful film and I think people are going to definitely see a different side that they've never seen before. It's so important to own your story and that's something I think we've talked a lot about here today. And when you are in the public eye, so much out there isn't true. And I've only had like the tiniest glimpse of it, but letting other people tell your story can be really dangerous and to write a book or uh, produce a documentary and be able to tell your own story is something that I'm sure is gonna be really cathartic for you. Um, and hopefully, you know, even when, again, you write a book, it's like you get to process what happened because you get to go back and be like, wait, what was that and what led to that and how was I feeling and how did that affect me now? So it's actually, it's just like, it can be so therapeutic to, to do that. Do you find that that's been the case? Definitely, it's brought yeah. up so many just memories and just going through just old computers and footage and finding yeah. things for the doc and yeah. um, just a lot of amazing memories but some yeah. bad ones too, so yeah. it's been um, a process. Yeah. But it helps you grow and I feel like I'm in the best place in my life and I've never been happier and I just feel Good. so grateful and Good. just really lucky. Sorry to interrupt, but are you looking for an easy solution to healthy home-cooked meals? Are you also super busy and trying to avoid grocery stores because of social distancing? We got you. Check out Mealime, a new app that makes meal planning so easy, you'll wave meal kits goodbye. Mealime is a meal planning app that takes the hassle out of making healthy, delicious meals at home. Here's how it works. You choose your recipes on Mealime's app, then they automatically build you a grocery list with the exact ingredients for those recipes. You can also order groceries straight from the app. Plus, no extra packaging. What's not to love? Still not convinced? Mealime is offering girl bosses 50% off their pro subscription. Just visit mealime.com slash girlboss. That's M-E-A-L-I-M-E dot com slash girlboss. Or find the link in our show notes. You're welcome. Now, back to Paris. So I want to talk a little bit about social media and all the noise. So you have 10.9 followers on Instagram. Um, who, who follows Paris? Yeah. Love you guys. Um, so how does social media play into your daily life and work? Like, do you spend a lot of time on social media? Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, it's addictive. It's, yeah. it, it really is. Um, I spend a lot of time on it. I'm obviously working, but anytime, you know, or not while I'm driving, while I'm in an Uber, <laughs> um, I'm just doing yeah. my social media. I'm answering my fans. I'm just looking at everything. And I don't know, it just really, it makes me happy just to see and to read things that my fans send to me. And I love having that way where we can be able to reach each other. And they call themselves my little Hiltons and we <laughs> meet all around the world. And I think it's just incredible to have this platform where we could reach out to each other and be friends and yeah. I don't know. My fans mean everything to me. Yeah. I consider them like my little brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, do you feel like social media is healthy though? Like what have, what have been the tough moments on social or what is it that you feel like could like is the dark side of that experience? Um, 
it can be healthy or it can be unhealthy, just like anything. It has its pros and cons. Um, I think definitely the unhealthy part is just the bullying and people hiding behind a computer because they can be anonymous and trying to hurt people's feelings. And I can't imagine, you know, if I had Instagram or any of this back when I was 13 in high school or in middle school, just the pressure it must be to have to worry about things like that and mm -hmm. all these, you know, these apps that make everyone look different and people think that's reality and caring about how many likes you get. So I, I can't imagine that pressure um, back then. So, yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's unhealthy, but it's also healthy if you can build a brand out of, out of it. Yeah, how do you deal with the trolls? How do you, when you read something, it's like, oh my God, this again, this person doesn't know me. How do you go home or get off your phone and tell yourself like, okay, that's not the real world, but um, that still hurt, ouch. Like, how do you recover from that? Because I'm sure that's a like pretty frequent occurrence for you. Um. Well, I'm human, so obviously my feelings get hurt just like anyone else. Um, but I feel like I've been in this industry for a very long time. I've had some mean, cruel, untrue, and just vicious things said about me. So at this point, I've built such a tough skin that I don't pay attention to it. And if someone's rude, they get blocked. <laughs> Their comment gets erased, and I just, I just try not to pay attention to people like that, because yeah. at the end of the day, if they have that much time on their hands, I feel bad for them. Mm -hmm. And if they're that unhappy with themselves that they're going to waste their time going and being mean to people, it's, you know, that's, that's not, their problem. Yeah, not worth I'm living my them. best life. You are. <laughs> <laughs> So you've someone, you're someone who's had your fair share of controversy, and when your sex tape leaked, you've said that you, you said that you didn't leave your house for months, you couldn't walk down the street, you felt like you'd been raped because without your consent, the world had seen you naked. You said you felt like you had lost a part of your soul and wanted to die at some point. And it's scary after being slaughtered publicly to bounce back. Um, how did you? How did you bounce back from that time in your life? What was that healing process like? That was just one of the most painful and horrible experiences that I've ever been through in my life. And, you know, to, to know that the whole world is watching it and laughing at you. And, you know, this was someone that I really loved and trusted. And I was a teenager and was taken advantage of. And um, it almost seemed like back then that the media tried to make me, like I was the villain or I was a bad person and made me feel ashamed when it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't my fault. You know, I trusted someone and they did that to me. And I, I didn't leave my house for months and I was very depressed and I just talked to my mom and my sister and just just got that love and just stayed home. And then I said, you know what? I'm not going to let this guy ruin my life. I've worked way too hard, and I'm not going to let this define me. Because it's, you know. Yeah. 
and it hasn't. It didn't define you, which is why we're here today. Thank you. Um, And and people have, I mean, it's a unique position to be in where from as early as I'm sure you can remember, people have something to gain from you, which is pretty fucked up. And like to have to look out for that when there's people coming, a lot of people coming in and out of your life. Um, What's an example of of like a time when like you found something out in the world or that was like, wait, like this isn't me or how did this happen? Like I'm, I'm being, you know, taken advantage of here. Um, That's happened so many times, especially living in Hollywood and being in this industry for so long, I've seen it all. And a lot of people do not have good intentions and they're only out for themselves. And I've seen that a lot in this industry. Um, But I've also, because I've seen so much, I have this like psychic ability where I can just look in someone's eyes and talk to them and know within a minute and then I know whether to continue that relationship or friendship or to peace out. And just <laughs> That's important. Get away. Like knowing how to remove people from your life is as important as like knowing who to let into your life. Yeah, oh. I feel like good vibes only. Like yeah. I am just yeah. over bad vibes. Yeah. And you mentioned um, that people have sold your photos, like just like there's you in places that you didn't ask to be and there's things that you, people are making money on you and you're not really like... Oh, that's happened so many times just where I've went to a party or an event and they just take a picture and then all of a sudden my friends are sending me photos of huge billboards like all the way across the world and I have my face on a bottle and... They've got, didn't pay me, first of all, had no permission whatsoever. So you've been quoted by Vice as saying you're like a businessman when you run your business, which some of us feel like we have to be, unfortunately, because that's the culture that we're walking into. Most of the people in the room are dudes and laying down, like, showing that you're the authority in the room. Sometimes when you have a team around you who are, like, maybe dudes, I've experienced it where they're like, so even someone who's older than you, people will look at that person and it's like, no, I employ that person. I'm not, I'm like not a kid. <laughs> like, please take me seriously. Um, how have you adapted or not adapted, you know, and how has that maybe changed over the years in terms of like when you started wa- walking into those rooms to like how you run a meeting now? Like, how does Paris Hilton run a meeting? Like a boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a completely different person. Like I'm, people see me like in all different ways, but when I walk into a boardroom, I take control of that room and I do do it like a boss. And I don't consider it being like a businessman, businesswoman. We're all business people. It shouldn't matter if you're a man or a woman. By the way, women are taking over the world and it's so exciting to see yeah. so many... So many women who are starting their own businesses and entrepreneurs and CEOs and just really, I don't know, it's just, this has definitely been our year and it's going to keep on mm. being our year mm-hmm. because without us, there is no world. And it's true. Yeah. So before there were hashtags or memes, uh, you were the OG person to coin viral play, uh, phrases like, that's hot. Before there was even, I mean, that was like word of mouth. That wasn't a hashtag, right? Um, is that something that was intentional or did it just happen? 
I just loved saying that's hot. <laughs> and I, would, I said it all the time. And then it just caught on. And I saw that. So I went and had my trademark attorneys trademark that's hot. So I own it. It's important. Trademark your stuff before it's too late, guys. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you think the media misses out on when they talk about you? I think they miss out on a lot. I think a lot of people first got to know me from The Simple Life, so they assumed, you know, this ditzy blonde character who didn't know what Walmart is. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> I, I love Walmart. <laughs> um, but so I think people assume that who I, is who I really am, if that's how the world was introduced to me. Um, so I think if people really knew me, they would see I'm actually very sensitive, I'm shy, I have a huge heart, mm -hmm. and I work my ass off. You do. Um, well, thank you for sharing your heart with us here today. I feel really lucky to share the stage with you. Thanks for bringing the like Paris Hilton like business voice. Uh, my real voice. Yeah, your real voice. This is Paris Hilton's real voice. Um, I really appreciate having you here. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Honor. Thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. Check out Paris's groundbreaking documentary on YouTube, This is Paris. Paris shares some shocking revelations and helps survivors everywhere break their silence. You'll have to watch it to learn why. Thanks for tuning in today. Share your love for Girlboss Radio in this episode on Instagram, Insta Stories, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And as always, be sure to leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to sign up for our new daily email, The Girl Boss Daily.